following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another statewide journey on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong all across our state. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can also listen to the free stream weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service in Australia, We're number two behind the Kangaroo podcast. Thank you to the Aussies down under for loving the huge thunder. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer inside this hour. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, also a certified NFL agent, NFL PA certified with Bull Rush Sports. He's based in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, He has clients like Jake Witt out of the UP in northern Michigan that was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. He's focusing on Michigan athletes, coaches, NIL, and more. Uh, Bull Rush Sports, look them up on Twitter. He'll join us uh, later in the show. Jeff Risden from Lions Wire and Draft Wire on your 7-2 and two Lions as they prepare for the Mighty Bears on Sunday. Then the short turnaround with the Thanksgiving Day game against the Packers. And by the time you're done eating... Thanksgiving dinner. Your Lions will be 9-2. and two. Some are saying, hey, Dan Campbell, he's a hot commodity. No, he's not going to Texas A&M. Okay? Are you kidding me? He, he is a god in the state of Michigan. Yeah, Texas A&M has a lot of money. They can buy out Jimbo Fisher $77 million. Yeah, go away. And I heard they paid off the contracts on all the assistant coaches and everything. So it might be upwards of $100 million. But Down in Texas, everything's big. And you know why? Because Texas is getting ready to join the SEC. And you know why they moved early on firing Fisher and paying him out? Why Mississippi State did it with Zach Arnett? Because they want to be first in line for the hot coaches. So at Michigan State, I mean, they have the dream list. We're hearing every big name is on their list. You bet it's on their list, just like it was with Antonio when he left. And how'd that list turn out? You had to go get a coach that was sub-500 at Colorado because you needed a head coach in the middle of recruiting season. So you ask yourself, Texas A&M is the prime job. And they even have mentioned Deion Sanders in prime Dion and his son, and I'm not piling on, 
they're both not ready for prime time. Okay? Son has a lot of work to do. He may drive a Rolls Royce or Bentley or whatever you get when you're making six million bucks a year in NIL cash. I think that was a report. And Prime uh, needs some work. He does. He had a hot start, but it was against weak competition when you look at TCU in Nebraska. So, yeah, don't worry about Dan Campbell. My my Texas A and M booster guy, who I know from my days in Austin, said Campbell is not a target. They want an established college coach who has won to take over. Their dream guy is landing from Oregon, but he came right out and said, I'm not going anywhere, which means you got to double the price if you want to get. I'm happy. Uh, Dan, we're going to give you $15 million a year. To my friends in Oregon, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Now, I, they need a hot shot. I know who's the hot shot head coach. Seriously. That Texas A&M thinks is going to step right in and save the world and get them competitive again in the SEC, where they've had a flash year or two because of Johnny Manziel. And, you know, when Johnny's giving Jimbo a Twitter endorsement after the fact, you know you were done if you're Jimbo. So a lot to talk about inside this broadcast. Risden, I will check in. Lions, everything's beautiful about that team. Only negative is, and Dan Campbell brought it up, what I said on the show Monday, concern about the pocket time that Herbert had to throw. Because you're not going to go score 40-plus every game to bail out no pass rush. It's not going to happen. They need more pass rush, and I feel they still need that 50-55 yard field goal in a playoff game. They're going to need that. But there are no kickers out there who can do it. So that's why their first choice is to go for it, and it's a beautiful thing when it works, but come playoff time, they're going to need it. And I do believe another thing that's popped up is that the Vikings are going to be a tougher team to sweep than originally scheduled. The way they started to where they are now with Dobbs. So Risden will join us in studio. I want to welcome in David Gregory. He's a lawyer, also an NFL PA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports based in the Grand Rapids area here on the west side. Uh, the state. We're going to get into what to expect on Friday in that hearing. Uh, Michigan and Harbaugh versus Tony Petiti, the Big Ten. Really, it's the conference uh, versus Michigan. And the court documents, David, I'm not sure. Do they say Michigan versus everybody? <laughs> is that because is that, those shirts and those hoodies and those hats are selling like crazy? Not yet. Maybe they'll have to amend the pleadings. Yeah, they'll have to amend that uh, because yeah, you're the lawyer. You look at all the pleadings. Uh, for a Michigan fan listening, a non-Michigan fan listening, a Big Ten fan listening right now, what are your expectations for what goes down in that courtroom in Washtenaw County on Friday? I think Michigan will win, and I think it's because they, they essentially have the home field advantage, in my opinion. Um, as I said on the show before, a good lawyer knows the law. A great lawyer knows the judge. The judge here is uh, Judge O'Connor from Washtenaw County. He's a U of M law grad. He's a law school lecturer at the U of M law school. He has listed himself in some media accounts as a former Michigan football player. And I just think if it's close, and this is a close case, 
if it's close, the tie or, you know, the close call is going to go to the home team. I, I love all the sports analogies you're dropping, but I, you're, you're reading off that judge's resume. Outside of his last name being Schembechler, he checks every box for Michigan. Can or could it happen that a lawyer representing the Big Ten pushes for a different judge, saying there is too much conflict of interest, potential bias? I think it's possible, but they did the the uh, Big Ten hired a local uh, Ann Arbor lawyer who does appear in Washtenaw County Circuit Court a lot. So if you move to recuse a judge, you appear you have to appear in front of in other cases. Uh, I would really be hesitant to do that. Yeah, and and the other judge uh, or the other attorney last name isn't Day, right? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's knocked. I think N A C H T. But hey, you know the importance of judges. Because the judge has a lot of discretion. Yeah, but a judge who lectures at Michigan or claims to be a former Michigan player, whatever the resume is, uh, does that not smell a conflict of interest? But if it was conflict of interest, he just would have rubber stamped uh, the restraining order last Friday night or Saturday morning, right? Probably. I, I'm not saying it's a conflict of interest. You said that. but no, I, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> You're out of order. You're out of order. This whole studio's out of order. Look, if I, I would consider making that motion if I were the Big Ten's lawyer, but I probably wouldn't. But, but let me give you an example of why the judge is so important. There was media, social media accounts on Friday night that another Washtenaw County Circuit judge was going to have the TRO in front of her. And that judge has a history of a recent history of ruling against Michigan, the University of, in high-profile cases. And that one, it was uh, she denied a preliminary injunction uh, and ruled against University of Michigan in their Teachers Association uh, strike. And that made big, you know, big, big news down in Ann Arbor. So that was a judge who had a history of ruling against Ann Arbor or against University of Michigan, excuse me. I think that would have been a different, uh, a different ball game. And that same female judge also ruled against Connor Stallions in his HOA uh, case, which this story, you can't make it up. It feels like a scriptwriter is working behind the scenes every day, but that is also a fact. Truth, uh, truth truly is stranger than fiction. Uh, you can't Lord. make this stuff up. But that, while that's an interesting tidbit, I mean, Connor Stallions is oh, the irony. not a party. Because <laughs> she was just like the judge yeah. on call. It's a weekend. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, not normal business hours. It was the holiday, the Veterans Day holiday for the court on Friday. It just added to the, oh, my God, what is going on with this story? So I know you alluded a little bit on this Monday when you joined me to start the show. Why do you think, because it's out of the ordinary, uh, you're hearing a lot of legal experts on TV on social networks say that to push it to a hearing and not give the temporary restraining order, either a yes or no, isn't normal in the legal process. I've heard both, though. I've heard good lawyers that I respect say both things. I think it's. So what have you heard on both sides? Well, I look a, a temporary restraining order uh, filed ex parte, meaning the other side isn't present and represented at all and doesn't have a chance to be heard, that is a, an extraordinary remedy. Uh, and it should not be, you know, just passed out like candy. And the Big Ten knew what was coming. They had a lawyer file an appearance because they knew this was coming. So I think there was maybe a sense of uh, fundamental fairness. Look, this is a big issue. Both sides ought to be heard. 
And that's a reasonable position. And I agree. I really do. I, I agree with it. And Michigan got by Penn State uh, without Harbaugh. So let's go back to what you said, that you feel Michigan will win in the courtroom on Friday. Uh, what is it about the Big Ten? What, what are the strengths of Michigan going into this hearing? I feel like we're breaking down a game. Can you tell me <laughs> what the offense and the defense is, David? But, I will. Uh, strengths for the Big Ten and weaknesses in this case, why you think they'll win, and, and where it could be lurking that the Big Ten uh, surprises people and, and they win. Okay, let's break it down, Coach. Uh, first, the burden of proof is on the University of Michigan and Harbaugh. They have to prove, they have to get a first down. They have to prove that they're eligible for a preliminary injunction. And there are various factors which I can go into. But here's where I think Michigan's weak, which is they do have to demonstrate that they have a substantial likelihood to prevail on the merits ultimately. Substantial likelihood. That's so, the, and that ultimately would be in this next stop in a courtroom. Exactly. And I think it's more like instead of uh, a seven, uh, it's a jump ball to me at best about whether Michigan will prevail on their main claim. It's not a substantial likelihood. Now, I can talk later about why I think that might not matter as much. But I think big t- the, Michigan is a little weak on substantial likelihood to prevail. And that comes down to the whole Rule 10 versus Rule 32 issue we've discussed. And the rule to refresh those who didn't hear you earlier this week, Rule 10 is a sportsmanship power given to Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner. Correct. Uh, he can do what he basically wants to. And Rule 32 is about if there's an NCAA investigation, normally the Big Ten could hand out punishment after the fact. That's exactly right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, rule 10, to me, it's like, I find the Big Ten, I make a, a homeowner's association argument. Hey, you bought the property. You, you know what the bylaws were. You voted on the bylaws, Michigan. You got to live by the bylaws. And Rule 10 says the commissioner's king when it comes to a sportsmanship uh, matter. Now, we can argue about whether that's this is a sportsmanship matter, but he can. he's the king. He can do whatever he wants. He can consider any evidence he wants to look at. He can determine whether offensive conduct has occurred or a violation. You're talking he is a judge. The commissioner, yeah. No, the commissioner. Well, the commissioner can't under the, under Rule 10. Under Rule 10. And then the commissioner can decide the punishment with the only check and balance being if he goes over a certain threshold, this joint committee has to sign off on it, which, which they, they did. did yeah. So I, I find the Big Ten, I'm like, hey, the rule says what it says. It's a membership organization. You bought the property. You voted on the bylaws. You got to live with it. And on the flip side with Rule 32. Yes. The NCAA investigation is ongoing with Michigan. Correct. And that rule reads that you can do punishment after the fact. So take me inside. You're Judge Gregory, and you're hearing this case on Friday. Is there a chance you could say, okay, you have the sportsmanship rule, but I think three-game suspension could cause irreparable harm is too much. Uh I can agree maybe with one game, which he already served, and yet I got this Rule 32 with an NCAA investigation, which is ongoing, that your punishment should happen after that. I mean, there there are different avenues here, if, if we're playing Judge Gregory, that you could go in this hearing. Yeah, Rule 32. Let's, let's make the case on Rule 32 like we're University of Michigan or Jim Harbaugh. 
look, the this case involves alleged NCAA violations, very specific ones. They were referenced in the Big Ten's letter. Um, and then this rule's directly on point then. It says that if it's an NCAA-initiated matter, then you'll go through the regular NCAA process, and at the end, there's a committee of the Big Ten that can oppose, impose additional penalties. Now, that let me stop there to say there's one more exception to that, but look, this is the rule. It's on point. It's NCAA violations. It's Rule 32. It's not sportsmanship, which is supposed to be about kind of on-field taunting or intimidation or fighting or social media comments or things that don't fit neatly into some other rule fit into the commissioner's discretion. But Rule 32 says it's it's specific. It's on point. NCAA-initiated matter. NCAA goes first. Could the Michigan Council and their legal team, could they bring up the question that there is no precedent for punishment this severe for bylaw 10 and the Big Ten commissioner being able to implement punishment? Well, they can and they will, but the Big Ten's already anticipated this by saying, yes, uh, the history the, the history of Rule 10 is this, but this is a unprecedented scheme on the part of Michigan. We've never How can f- they call that a scheme without a full investigation and proof? They are relying on the NCAA's uh, proof that they've presented to them. They're with, saying which so is Connor Stallions going to multiple games, upwards of 30 games, and buying tickets. But they haven't proven, has that video been transferred to Michigan or been used by anybody at Michigan or Connor Stallions to enhance this competitive advantage, which also the Big Ten said could be dangerous and could cause injuries, which to me... How do you quantify making the claim that players are at risk in a violent game because somebody would have signals? Well, the NCAA, or excuse me, the Big Ten will say, well, we should err on the side of caution. This was unprecedented in scope and scale. And the NCAA, the NCAA's case, which we haven't seen, which, but which they describe, and that Rule 10 is designed to give the commissioner discretion to deal with a real-time issue. And this is a real-time issue. It's never happened before. I'm trying to protect the integrity of the game in real time, and I have to act fast, and that's what Rule 10 is designed to do. So the the judge doesn't have freedom to make recommendations on punishment or anything here, correct? No. It's either a preliminary injunction issues or not. Or denied. Correct. And both sides will get their time to make their case in front of the judge. Correct. Or present it, right? Yep. So uh, the, well, all three sides really, because Harbaugh's individually represented, University of Michigan is represented. So both Harbaugh's attorney can also yeah. be a part of this. The two, so one attorney for University of Michigan will make an oral argument, and one attorney for uh, Jim Harbaugh will make an oral argument. Which on I think the motion. is Mr. Mars, right? The attorney who uh, at least sent out the statement. He hasn't made an appearance yet. No, he hasn't filed the appearance. So um, Harbaugh did say in his presser on Monday that. He may be there in court, which I think would, for him to sit there, would be a pretty powerful message to the judge. If I were his attorney, I would say you should be there. Oh, yeah. 
Santa Ono, everybody. Yep, everybody. Line them up. Pack, pack the house. Man, look like a make suite. Them, make them look, look you in the eye. Look, look at you. All wear in Michigan. And every time there's a point that they agree with, they got a button that plays Hail to the Victors. Well, <laughs> hey, Huge, I'd like to talk a little bit about Rule 10 and where I think the Big Ten made some mistakes. You're talking about in that 13-page response? Just in general and the way they've handled it. Okay, so what's your opinion on that? Well, first opinion is Michigan made a really good point when they said, look, Rule 10 says you can hold an individual accountable for his actions. And it says you can hold an institution accountable for the actions of an individual. But the Big Ten kind of contorted their, their statement around to say, we're suspending Jim Harbaugh, even though we haven't found him guilty of any conduct, but it's an institutional punishment. You know, they, they just tried to spin it around to fit the situation, and it doesn't quite fit. It's, it's awkward. That's number one. Number two, I don't understand why the Big Ten didn't do the following. Rule 32 does say that the commissioner can take interim action to protect the integrity of the game, and that can include suspending a coach. Even before the NCAA goes first provision of Rule 32. So why didn't they use Rule 32 instead of 10? I don't know. You know, and one thing you mentioned about uh, not, this isn't about Harbaugh, it's about the institution, then why don't you suspend Michigan from taking part in Big Ten football until the investigation was over and tell the team they're ineligible to play in the Big Ten championship or do something that punishes the university. And I get that report said that they didn't want to hurt the players, right? Well, I, I think they might have been arguably on a little bit more solid ground legally, but as a practical matter, I mean, they pe- didn't want to, people would completely they didn't want to turn nuke, on nuke them. the players. Yeah, right? they didn't want that to do you're that. punishing them and nothing's been proven. And that that is the big argument here that there has been no thorough investigation. There has been nothing linking Harbaugh to Connor Stallions. You get the NCAA interviewing people at Central Michigan, but you uh, focusing on this hearing on Friday, you're the judge. You now have taken in uh, both pleadings uh, or you know filings, and you're looking at it, and you're saying, okay, three-game suspension, talking about risk of injury, uh, the unlevel playing field. And I'm trying to think, I have seen nothing that says, okay, David Gregory, I'm coach of Indiana. You coach at Northwestern. And you know my signals. Knowing my signals, fill in the blank, gives a what? I've heard coaches, some say no, others say yes. How do you define what that competitive advantage is? Why, well, if I, Connor Stallions never shared the video allegedly filmed at these multiple Big Ten stadiums, upwards of thirty games, how do you? And again, this isn't a trial on Friday; it's a hearing for a temporary restraining order. But how do you quantify the, this sign stealing, which has been allowed to go on? Okay. It's been allowed to go on. The NCAA Infractions Committee actually said there was no no proof of any advantage, which I think is a big statement for the Big Ten, not Big Ten, for Michigan to drop in that hearing on Friday. 
If that quantifying the risk of injury and competitive advantage, I've never read a report. I've never read an investigation. I haven't seen an E60 or a 30 for 30 on this at all. None of it. Well, here's what the Big Ten's saying. I don't think they can quantify it, but what they're saying is Michigan has a scheme on a scope and scale that we've never seen before that is truly unprecedented. And we need to err on the side of caution for player safety, uh, for uh, integrity of the game, for the perception that the games are fair. We have to step in and act now. Now, at the NCAA level, they don't have to prove that there was a competitive advantage. There's this coach strict liability standard, and the head coach can be held liable for the actions of an underling. But I do think we get into this weird space of, can the Big Ten bootstrap and enforce the NCAA's standards, or are they enforcing their own standards? And it gets a little confusing. And the sportsmanship, you know, bylaw 10 argument. That, yes, every case is individual, but if the Big Ten is not investigating other cases, I I get this as separate from the allegations against Shiano Day, Ohio State, Rutgers, Purdue, the Big Ten championship game, or sharing of this information, that if the Big Ten did not follow through with that, I don't know if the judge would ask, have you looked into any other of these allegations that came about close to the same time frame. If the Big Ten is not using the same bylaws to seek information, any evidence that they wish to use, is that a conflict of interest? Not for this hearing, but that's probably for the next legal step. Yeah, right? I think I think that could affect the outcome ultimately on the merits. I don't think it has a lot to do with this preliminary injunction. So hearing. this is basically we're going to let Harbaugh coach the next two games, right? And then, and so let's just say the judge says they're they're going to grant Michigan the temporary restraining order on Friday. What does that mean? And on the flip side, what does it mean if the Big Ten gets a denied short term and long term for Harbaugh? What is that? Okay, if the preliminary injunction issues, it means Harbaugh will be allowed to be on the sidelines and coach against Maryland and Ohio State. And so, when would the next hearing? B, is there another one to uh, to make it permanent? I, again, I don't know how this works. Preliminary so. injunctions generally last until there's a resolution of the case on its merits. So they might not put a specific timeline. So there's on. not another, there's not a trial after this. Well, there may be, but not anytime soon. No, that'd be, be discovery. There'd be discovery, and and it's a it's a breach of contract claim. It's so basically, just, basically by Harbaugh. Here's if, the ball games right now. Yeah, if, if, the, if the temporary restraining order is granted by that Washtenaw County judge, he's coaching the rest of the year. Exactly. Now, the Big Ten could appeal, and I did want to talk about it. They could appeal to the Court of Appeals. Uh, but The Michigan Court of Appeals. Michigan right. Court of Appeals. But, but there's a very recent case that I found very interesting, which is it involved Vinnie Johnson, uh, the microwave, uh, a business case of his. And... Basically, the Court of Appeals upheld a trial court judge that granted Vinnie Johnson a uh, preliminary injunction, even though he didn't show a substantial likelihood of winning on the merits. They said, at best, it was a 50-50 chance he was going to win on the merits, but it's not a checklist. It's not a mathematical formula. 
basically he made a really strong showing on irreparable harm and the other factors of preliminary injunction. So we're not going to step in and overturn the trial court judge. There's an abuse of discretion uh, appeal standard, meaning, you know, unless look, unless the judge really, really screws up, whatever the trial court judge does is going to stand on this preliminary injunction, in my opinion. And if you're the Big Ten, uh, you are in the business of your member schools, even though attacking Michigan and taking this to court, um, making it go to court. They didn't take it. Uh, Michigan did. But if you lose, you're Tony Petiti. You can tell the member schools, I did as much as I could. I did what right? I could. Hey, the and court's ruled against me. and It's done. Harbaugh's coach. It's a two-week window. There's and nothing we'll, else we'll to do. And we'll wait for the NCAA investigation on what that brings. And I can add additional punishment per rule bylaw 32 yep. at that time. Right? Exactly. And, and he walked it out and showed those coaches and the ADs and the presidents complaining that I, I took this further than any commissioner has ever done it ever. And I made a very strong statement of why I did it and how I interpret these rules. And I'm So there's not to- another hearing after this? Not because another. some were saying that because he that there would be another one within 14 days because he he pushed this out for the hearing, didn't rule on it immediately, which would have required a hearing in 14 days. That's not my understanding, which is if if the judge would have granted a temporary restraining order ex parte on Friday night, there would have had to have been a hearing on whether or not to turn that into a preliminary injunction within 14 days. So he's doing the hearing here, not just making the ex parte. Right. He, they didn't rule on the ex parte motion. Right. The, this, the is now, restraining order this is now injunction. a hearing on whether there'll be a preliminary so injunction. Both sides, so he knows he let both sides present their case. You know, you, you raised something interesting, which is I think we've got a little bit of amateur hour on the part of the NCAA and the Big Ten here because we've got two brand new leaders and they've been tested and you know they came out swinging but they both departed from normal procedure in interesting ways here um, and it, this is in the Big Ten's letter on November 2nd there was a call between the NCAA University of Michigan and Big Ten and the NCAA laid out its investigation and its in, initial findings against the University of Michigan and the Big Ten acknowledges in its letter of November 10th I think it is or the 8th that that's highly unusual. That never happens. The NCAA generally only shares that information with the target school. So that this was a highly unusual move by the NCAA. So they went outside of their normal procedure. and then, Which leads people to believe it's on that witch hunt path on Harbaugh. Right. Oh, and oh yeah, by the way, Harbaugh has made a strong stand against the NCAA and is fighting them on this suspension on the, the hamburger issue. So, you know, that when you go outside the normal course of business, you better have a pretty strong reason for doing it. And, you know, what did the Big Ten do differently? You know, I think that Commissioner Petiti having that call where all 13 were complaining about Michigan was a little outside the normal course of business. Not a little. Uh, it was like, you, you all can, I'll set up individual meetings with you if you want to voice complaints about anything. Or we're all going to be on the call. Or Harbaugh's going to stay on this and be able to defend himself. Yeah, so look, that went outside the normal course of business. And, you know, I think that both of these gentlemen are highly credentialed. They're um, 
They're highly intelligent. Are you talking about Santa Ono and the Big Ten well, Commission or I'm talking Harbaugh? About, I'm talking about the NCAA president, right. the new NCAA president, Charlie Baker, and the new Big Ten Commissioner. Yeah, Tony but Petiti. when you brought up that they Big Ten was in on that call with Michigan, it seemed like a tag team to me. It, and it was clearly unusual, and it doesn't happen very often. So my point is this. Look, these guys, as credentialed and as good and as smart as they are, they don't have a background in, in administering or being an executive in college athletics. One's got a TV background and then a Major League Baseball background. That's Petiti. And then Charlie Baker was governor of Massachusetts, and the NCAA hired him because they thought he could go get favorable legislation in Congress and in the states. But they don't have a background in administering college sports, and I think it showed up here. They departed from normal procedure, and I think it created an opening for them to be attacked. And I believe based on what has been publicly released by the Big Ten and by Michigan with statements, I think Michigan does have that advantage going into the hearing on Friday. And your opinion is you think Michigan will get that preliminary injunction, which means Harbaugh will be coaching the rest of the year. I think based on that Vinnie Johnson case – that even if it's only a jump ball on the merits. Like a jump ball on yeah. the Vinnie Johnson case. Gregory's <laughs> on fire right now. I think that Vinnie Johnson case says, look, Michigan, they can make a very strong showing on irreparable injury. And we can talk about it, but it's obvious on its face. You can't replay these games. You know, money damages can't repair it. Um, coaching decisions make a dis- Coaching decisions in game make a difference. Hundred eleven thousand people bought tickets to watch Harbaugh. Right. So Michigan has got a slam dunk case on irreparable injury, and I and I think a pretty good case on the rest of the factors for preliminary injunction. I think they're a little weak on on likelihood to win on the merits, but that Vinnie Johnson case tells me that that's okay. It's not a mathematical formula. You got to balance all the equities, and the appeals court is not going to overturn the judge. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, a NFL PA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. Follow them on Twitter. David is based in West Michigan. He focuses on Michigan athletes, coaches for representation, NIL, and more. Like I said, follow him, uh, Bull Rush Sports on Twitter. Really good stuff today, my man. Thanks, huge. And we'll see what happens on Friday, and we'll talk to you uh, Friday. I know you'll be traveling, but we'll get your thoughts on well, what will happen, though? One, one final thing. He will, will he immediately make a ruling in court, or will it come later with an opinion I think or it would, order? I think it would be unusual to issue a ruling from the bench. Uh, but I do anticipate by the close of business on Friday, because the hearing's at 9, and he's going to have briefs, you know, legal briefs in advance of the oral arguments, that by close of business on Friday, he'll issue an order. And I think he should. Because we shouldn't have a repeat of last Saturday where we didn't know leading up to kickoff, kickoff what's going to happen. That's not fair to anybody. Let's know by the close of business whether we're issuing this injunction or not. And I'm guessing the judge agrees with what that. What I'm hoping is that it is by kickoff at Maryland and Harbaugh with the Army Rangers. I think it's the <laughs> is it that parachute and Harbaugh parachutes into the middle of College Park, Maryland. That would be with with a game ball. That's my goal. That would here. make him. America- I'm, I'm looking for drama. I know you're. A that lawyer. would make him America's coach. Yeah, of America's, America's team. America's team, and his chickens would be watching at home, and he he's watched a lot of Judge Judy to get ready for uh, court on Friday, so he's prepared. I, I, it would be awesome if they let him speak at the hearing, but I oh, don't think that's no. going to happen. <laughs> 
I don't think the judge wants to hear about his chickens. That's just my guess. Thank you, David. That's always good stuff. Yeah, David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports. Uh, he is an NFLPA certified agent lawyer by trade, giving us his legal and sports insight on what will happen Friday in that Harbaugh and Michigan versus the Big Ten hearing in Washtenaw County. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Save on Thanksgiving in one stop at Meyer. Get a Meyer Grade A frozen turkey, 59 cents per pound, limit one, plus all the potatoes, stuffing, and tasty pies you could want. And preview Black Friday deals in the Meyer app. Deals so good, you just gotta celebrate. Get Thanksgiving in one stop and shop holiday deals this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino. Single record of the year is Better Man. Even here, Better Man. Album of the year, Killing Time. Come on up again, Clint Black. Miss Killing Clint Black with special guest Josh Grayson. Tickets start at $40. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Clint Black and Josh Grayson. Friday, December 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back in the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Remember to search the huge show where you download podcasts. We are everywhere, and our podcasts are free. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search the huge show, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. I also have a message for the Pistons and NBA fans out there. The DraftKings Sportsbook has a huge offer for new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up. 
they can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's win or lose. You get the instant 150 in bonus bets. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE. When you sign up, and as I mentioned, new customers can get that 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Michigan. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sports book app. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Imagine this winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first class room and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $289 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $339 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Bill Simonson here for my friends at Urban U. They're Michigan's best med spa. Now, they have multiple locations in the Grand Rapids metro area, and you'll find an Urban U location in Northville on the east side of the state. And this is a message for any guy listening right now. How often do you think about your skin health care? Well, Urban U has multiple options that could help you immediately. Whether you work out a lot, you run, your job requires a lot of sweating, you need to think about your skin health care, and Urban U can help you, hydrofacials, and so much more, or even your kids. Think about that. If your son, your daughter's playing a lot of sports and they're having trouble with their skin health care, Urban U has options that can help today. Just go to theurbanu.com to find out more. Locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and on the east side of the state in Northville. Go to theurbanu.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment in hour one on this Wednesday broadcast being heard on 19 incredible radio stations for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net 
There you can also listen to the free stream, which is live weekdays between 3 and 6. And the show repeats in its entirety weeknights at 6 p.m. every three hours. You'll hear the replay until the next show airs. The all-night, all-day replay that Superfly Hayes puts together at the Huge Show. Net. And the iHeart app has become very popular with Huge Show listeners. You can listen anywhere in the world. Just search the Huge Show on the iHeart app. You get mobile service. You can listen to us live anywhere on this earth. Coming up next couple of hours, Jeff Risden from the Lions Wire and Draft Wire will join us in studio. We'll talk about the Lions win over the Chargers. Look ahead to the Bears on Sunday. Jeff Risden, ready to take your Lions questions. If you have a comment, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. At HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Simple and easy. Doesn't cost anything. You can text us when you want to. Just text HUGE to 21000. Big. Bad. Huge.